and welcome to the friends like films podcast i'm Britt, and i'm greg and this is the podcast for you to hang out with us for a bit while we discuss a movie one or both of us loves and this week was kind of your pick greg yeah Yeah. sort of (laughs) yeah we'll say it's your pick um this episode we're going uh back to 2001 and we're discussing a knight's tale yeah another movie that at the time was well, actually, Galaxy Quest was my favorite at the time. And this one might have supplanted Galaxy Quest. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah Until so... Lord of the Rings came out later that year. <laughs> wow, Night's Tale only had a few months to be here. I mean, you, can, you can't compete with Fellowship. <laughs> Kick to the curb. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so we'll be talking about A Night's Tale uh, later in the episode. But um, how's it going, Greg? What, you, what have you been watching? What have you been vibing on? Uh, well, I started watching Schitt's Creek, which was kind of overdue. Like, I, I don't know why I hadn't watched it before. I didn't know you hadn't seen it. Yeah, it was just on my list. Hadn't gotten around to it. And I needed, like, a, you know, just like a comedy that I could throw a couple mm-hmm. episodes on. You know, it's, like, always good to have, like, one of those in rotation. Definitely. So um, how how far along are you? Like, eight episodes in or something? Not that far. Okay. Um, it is, I, I, I've, I've watched it. I finished it. So, um, the series is obviously over, so you get to binge all of it. Um, so your heart's content. It is mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. I'm so, so far, excited really to hear. It. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, so far the, the mom, I think is the best character so far. I don't know, but I like them all. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's, um, Moira Rose. Moira played by the, um, legendary, Oh my god, I'm blanking you, on her you committed name. To this. I know. <laughs> I don't remember her name either. I didn't say it, but she's the mom from Home Alone. <laughs> she's and, in a oh lot of stuff. Oh my god, Beetlejuice, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Oh my god, all of Canada is going to hate me for <laughs> forgetting her name. Um, yeah, I mean she's fantastic, but Dan and Eugene seeing their dynamic, like obviously real life father son. Yeah. Um, it's just so hilarious, and his daughter is in the show as well. As a different character, I assume. Yeah, she plays the waitress at the diner. Twyla. Twyla. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. The whole uh, Levy gang. Uh, yeah. So. Now I can see it. Now that you mentioned that, I can kind of like see the relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God she didn't you know. get the eyebrows. She didn't get the family eyebrows. She could be getting them waxed. <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> you never know. Um. Well, that's exciting. I just finished watching Hacks on HBO. Was it good? It's awesome. Um, right. Do you know Do you know anything about it? Nope. Um, it's the the premise is this um, this washed up hack. Um, that's where the title comes from. Um, she's had a show in Vegas for like ever, and. Um, they hire a young 25 year old um like fresh face up and coming tv writer to like freshen up her act um and the dynamic is just freaking hilarious it reminds um, me she... of that movie with uh 
Mindy Kaling and Emma and Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah. Right. Which you're not the first person that has told me this. So I, I told a coworker that I was watching Hacks and I told him the premise and he's like, isn't that just like that movie that yeah. came out with Mindy Kaling? And that, and that, I, I like, remember that movie being like, okay. I think it got like it's horrible reviews, but I watched it and I thought it was like, all right. I didn't see the movie. I thought the movie looked meh, um, but Hacks is awesome. Um, it stars Jean Smart and um, Hannah Einbender, I think I'm pronouncing her name right, who's actually the daughter of one of the original cast members of Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Obviously yeah. a different last name, though. Yeah. So her um, mother was probably... Correct. So I'm going to do my quick Google here. She is the daughter <laughs> of Lorraine Newman. Ah, okay. Yes. Um, and if you ever watched Broad City, um, the Solstice guy, played by Paul W. Downs, is also in Hacks. Okay. Yeah. He's hilarious. So recommend like The character it. is also in it or that actor? Is that in actor is oh, in it. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. The way yeah, you said yeah. it, I was like, oh, that character got crossed over. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the Hacks Broad City yeah, crossover. Yeah, they exist in the same yeah. universe. Surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, so I recommend it if you're looking for a new comedy. All right. Well, I'm going to probably do keep with Shit's Creek for now, but yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, it's not it's not going anywhere. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Just waiting for you. Um, but I think we need to talk about the other show we just started. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Loki. <laughs> yeah. The obvious yeah. one that we've been talking about for months before it came out. Yes. Um, it, Spoilers. Right, Spoilers. La- last episode, the fir- we it had not started yet. We were about, like, the first episode was about to come out. And um, so now it's been two episodes. I watched the most recent episode right before we started recording this episode. Um, Great. So you can tell me everything about it. Well, you've seen it, it, right? Have you seen number yes. two? Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so should we, are we, can we spoilery talk about it or are we going to? No, we're going to spoilery talk about it. So listeners, uh, fast yeah. forward a if few If you haven't minutes. seen episode two, yeah, fast forward. Who knows? We'll check yeah. in like in five minutes and we'll then we'll tell you to fast forward again if we, if we need you to. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I saw a little bit that twist coming. Not that, not specifically that it was going to be female Loki. Right. But that it wasn't Tom Hiddleston or that I thought maybe it wasn't Loki. They like that the other variant had tricked them into thinking it was Loki or something. You know what I mean? Like I was starting to think like they're not showing the face intentionally. Like it's definitely not oh, Tom yeah. Hiddleston's face for whatever reason. Knew that. Yeah. Knew that was going to be the case. Um, and we're just assuming that this is Lady Loki. Yeah. Lady Loki's kind of kind of cute. Li- yeah lady loki is super cute um and she does exist in in the comic books there is a lady Mm -hmm. loki um and we're so we're just assuming as viewers that that's who this variant is i mean she's she had the the horns yeah she had the horns so um yeah it's it's um it's cool to see because we've never we've never really seen loki do the the shape-shifting and changing forms that much in the movies um, which uh, is there a, were times when he did it. Yeah. Um, which is a big thing in the comic book. So it's cool to see that be explored a little bit more here. Yeah. In the movies, he did it more to like change his clothes a lot. But 
Um, yes. Like there were times where he was like impersonating Odin or like impersonated Captain America at one point, and yeah, I, but it's like really quick things. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're starting to see some hints into like the Doctor Strange um, multiverse of madness, and yeah, we. I don't remember what episode, but like I think during WandaVision, we we talked a lot about how they're basically building up to this multiverse thing. And if you had any doubts, like Loki already has dispelled those doubts. Like it's leading up to a multiverse. I assume this TVA that he's working for is like the timeline's gonna get screwed up. By the end of this season of Loki, there's gonna be a multiverse. That's that's Absolutely. It. Um do you think that these TVA people are like there's something amiss with them like they could be um no i don't think i think the tva i think the agents but like they believe that they're working to preserve the timeline and maybe they have been up till now but i think the timekeepers maybe have some kind of ulterior motive yeah like the, the mysterious figures that are running the show right that owen wilson's character mobius hasn't even met before he's just right yeah it's like really selective who gets to meet them yeah um, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston's dynamic in this show is yeah. so entertaining to watch. Yeah, I like the, especially the scene uh, in episode two when they're in Pompeii. And yes. they, yeah, I just thought that was a really great scene. I don't know why. Like the two of them together were really great there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but I feel like it's been a while since I've seen Owen Wilson in anything. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's been working. I just haven't kept up with him yeah i don't know like the if i try to think about it i can only come up with marley and me and that and that was a while ago <laughs> that was years ago yeah, I know. <laughs> um yeah exactly i'm so sure he's it, been there's been something in between marley and me in this for sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure there has been um yeah. but it, it's it's great seeing him um again and, and something that i enjoy like the mcu and um, do we know, do you know how long this series is going to be? I assume, well, what were the other ones? Uh, WandaVision was 10 and... Falcon and Winter Soldier was 6. Yeah, so, I don't know, let's put it at 8. Who knows? Put it <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I, I want to say about it. Um, oh, I thought the scenes where um, Loki is seeing everything that, that yeah. happens... Um, obviously Ragnarok, his adoptive parents. Yeah, like all the and... all the sad stuff that he's actually responsible for and yeah. he sees it. Like you see that he's not actually cool with all the stuff he did. Yeah. Yeah. Hiddleston um, just on display. Yeah. Just great, great acting chops from him there. What do they call like his fan club? You know how they have like you know how Cumberbatch has the Cumberbitches? Yeah, the Hiddlestoners. <laughs> Hiddlestoners, nice. Yeah, yeah. There's um, if if you watch, there's clips of him on Graham Norton. So, listeners, if you've never seen Graham Norton, he is my favorite late night talk show host. He's UK only, so you can find his episodes online. And yeah, he's all great, over YouTube. It's like he's it, all over clips. YouTube. Yeah, there's a many great Tom Hiddleston moments. He's on his show a few times, and there's one episode where Graham Norton brings up the Hiddlestoners and the fandom and the the fan art. And oh, I did see that clip. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And also, um, there's an ep- 
one time when Tom Hiddleston is on, he does an impression of Owen Wilson. Oh, there you go. And this is like obviously years before, you know, the Loki series. So it's it's pretty funny to watch now. Oh, nice. I'm going to have to look that up. I want to see the impression. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, okay, so listeners, if you dropped off, we are done talking about Loki, episodes one through two. Mm-hmm. So it's safe now to come back. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. It's safe. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's safe. Um, some other news that came out this week that I am was kind of surprised by, and I want to talk it through with you. The Beatles Get Back documentary, which has been in the works now, directed by um, Peter Jackson, uh, Lord of the Rings, um, is premiering on Disney+. Plus. Like, that's going to be its home. Yeah, three episodes in November. Yeah. Um, I guess when I first found out he was doing this, I pictured it being a, like a feature film-length thing, but it's ended, ending up being like six hours. Yeah, so it's going to be three, like, two hours or hour and change episodes. I'm down with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I was kind of surprised to see that Disney Plus was the streaming service of choice for this. Disney owns everything in some roundabout way. That's my only guess. (laughs) Yeah, I, I know. So obviously Disney has owned ABC for a long time now. And when the Beatles anthology in the 90s aired, it was its home was ABC um so yeah, i don't so know they, if... there must be some like long-standing contract right that because who owns the music now does michael jackson still own it uh, I think well or michael jackson's estate estate i think that got resolved and i think it's back with paul now yeah but like um, film and tv rights are a whole, di- a whole different animal so who knows yeah so who knows um i just think about are the, like, be- how... are the beatles movies like the ones they made in the 60s are those on any streaming service I want to say A Hard Day's Night has been on HBO in the past, but I I, I don't know about currently. Um, But, like, how many boomers have Disney Plus? I know the Beatles, like, span generations, obviously, but... Um, I think a decent amount. I think a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, it's... Disney Plus is, like, a family... The family streaming service. So, like, like, even if they don't have it personally, they have access to it somehow. Yeah, like grandma and grandpa have it for the grandkids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or their kids have it for their kids, or they are like my parents and got it for me. (laughs) Well, they didn't get it for me, but my parents were getting it anyway, and I used their account. I was going to say, your parents (laughs) were getting it anyway. What are you talking about? Yeah, but they don't have grandkids. They were getting it. Yeah, true, true, true. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'm so excited. Did you see the, the, like, sneak peek, like, first, like, I don't know. It was like a few minutes Peter Jackson put together a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that was a while <sighs> back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Looks awesome. I can't wait. And there already was a movie, right? With like some of this footage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, some of the footage. I guess there's um, been like tons unreleased of tons footage. Of, yeah. yeah. And the original Get Back movie, um, which is hard to find these days to even watch the original, but it depicted the Beatles in just like a really bad way like they were just like well they weren't i mean they weren't in a great place at the time as a group they weren't like i I, i'm wondering how much better it's gonna look in this peter jackson one (laughs) this little like few minutes he put together for us a couple months ago i'm like it looks like they're having a great fucking time so (laughs) yeah okay we'll see 
I mean, you can do anything with editing. He can make it look like they're the happiest right. they've ever been. And the people who made the original one probably made it look worse than it was because it was right at the end exactly. of the Beatles and they wanted to tell the breakup story or whatever. Exactly. So can't wait that comes out in November. Um, other thing I have on our movie news list, Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, some people are getting stars and some of them I'm surprised don't have them already. Um including Carrie Fisher. She didn't have a star. Um, Ewan McGregor doesn't have one. He's getting one. Um, a couple of Star Warsers. Yep, yeah, a couple of Star Warsers. <laughs> is that how you say Star that? Warsers. Warsers. Yeah, that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Warsers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, some other nice surprises. Regina King's getting one. Um, Willem Dafoe is getting one. Nice. He's always a delight. Um did we Peter talk Thompson. about? Did we talk about on the podcast that like apparently it's known that Willem Dafoe has like a giant dick? <laughs> we did during we the shame episode. It. No, did that get recorded? Did that make it into the episode? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what made it in and what did it. Yeah, but I remember us talking about that. At some yeah, point. like the, he was in a movie like when he was young or whatever, where he hung yeah. dong. He had, and yeah, yeah apparently it's a massive. gigantic. He's got a huge Dafoe. <laughs> As they call it in the business now. <laughs> a huge Defoe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but also Hollywood stars, is that not like you just get somebody to sponsor and pay for it and then you have one? Like it's not like yeah. an award. No. You like pay like $50,000 and you But like you can't pay it. Somebody else has to like nominate you. Correct. Yeah. So you somebody just have to have to. a friend and be like, I'll get yours. You get mine. Carrie Fisher didn't have a friend that could drop 50K and be like, here you go. Uh, I don't know. Carrie Fisher was a little controversial. Like, I mean, I'll, I, I, I mean, later in life, then, yes, yeah, she got her a lot of her friends back. But didn't she alienate a lot of people, like, with her drug problem for a long time? Uh, I've never gone that deep on it. I don't know if she alienated people. But I knew she had her issues with drink, drugs and alcohol. That's true. Don't yeah. want to misrepresent Carrie Fisher because she's I personally love her. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Um, so stars, and then I'm. I think I'm gonna give an update on every episode now. I've decided on um, the Dune movie countdown. We're at 105 days until Dune is released. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on the list, and I was like, 105, like pretty arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, I didn't know that was a milestone. Yeah, so um, every episode now we're going to have a Dune countdown, and that will update everybody. The day that we are recording this, so today, is 105 days until Dune is released on October 1st. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um, any other movie entertainment news you want to? Um, no, I can't think of anything else I watched recently. That's about it. All right. Should we travel back to May 11th, 2001? Sure. Where were okay. we? Sixth grade. We're about to graduate elementary school. Right. Or some people, wow. well, it depends where you were from. Some people were probably already in middle school. But for me, it was elementary. Sure. Yeah, my, my elementary school went up to sixth grade. Same. Although yeah. sixth grade moved to the middle school while I was in middle school. So I think I was the last... Sixth grade to be in elementary. Okay. Okay. I had braces. Um, yeah. Listening to Blink-182 and um, 
city high. So yeah, sixth grade. I don't know. I think I was just a uh, nerdy, Jen. nerdy guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I had like a, I, what I remember is coming into seventh grade. I had like a huge growth spurt over the summer. So like mm-hmm. in sixth grade, I was like in elementary school. I was like the short kid. I was like one of the shortest kids in the grade. Yes. And then I came to seventh grade, and everyone was like, "Whoa! Like you're normal size now." <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, check out Greg. Yeah, check out normal size Greg. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I was probably the same height I am now. Just yeah. maybe I'm five two now, so maybe like five feet then. Um didn't didn't really grow that much. Um yeah, May two thousand one, um a night's tale was released. Um Pearl Harbor and Shrek were also released in May two thousand one. Heavy hitters. Heavy hitters. Shrek really um, changed the world. Yeah, would you want to elaborate on that? I don't know. That, it was just like such a huge that big hit. statement. <laughs> no, it really was. Like Shrek was it crazy. Really it was, was like Shrek mania. It was my. I loved my whole family. Loved it. Um, Universal Studios. I remember we went probably that summer or summer two thousand two, and it was like Shrek merch everywhere. Yeah, at Universal. Yeah took over the world um it has like there's like five of them now is there really five well i know at least four and i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a fifth one that i don't know about the fifth one was definitely like direct to dvd (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah yeah um but we had a night's tale pop out on the scene um directed by brian hell helgland Helgi, Helgeland, Helgeland, I think Helgeland. Helgeland. Sorry, Apolo- Brian. Yeah, apologies, Brian. <laughs> my, my fellow Massachusetts guy, um, born born in Massachusetts. Um, he also wrote the screenplay for this, but before this, he adapted the screenplay for L.A. Confidential, which he won the Oscar for. I've great never movie. seen. Oh, great movie. Oh, I've never seen it. Um, and Mystic River. Which is another great movie. Great movie. Yeah. And he directed and wrote 42, the Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. With Chadwick. Yeah. Also yeah, has R-R-T. Alan Tudyk, who's in this movie. Oh, you're so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen 42 once. I would never be able to remember Alan that Tudyk is like the, he's like the racist manager of the Phillies. That doesn't even mm. want to play against that. He is like, he's like, we're not even going to go in the same field as him. And then they have to like yeah. do the publicity thing where they shake hands and he doesn't even want to do that, but he has to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he plays a real, plays a real ass in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Um, so the budget for a night's tale, 65 million. And it definitely made that back. Um, 117.5 million. All right. Box office. Yeah. Um, so, Greg, this was your choice, um, and I obviously I've also seen a nice tale before you picked this, but um, uh, give like your thirty second spiel of how you would describe this movie. Uh, it is about a kid who like poses as a knight and then uh, is awesome at jousting. And like he's basically living this lie, and he's like living as this like noble knight, and uh, just 
burning up the jousting circuit. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. whole thing is like can become unraveled very quickly if they discover that he's just a commoner. And um, it's kind of got like a romance story to it with him and uh, Jocelyn, the lady that he falls in love with. Mm-hmm. And she falls in love with him pretty much. They pretty much fall in love with each other immediately. Yeah. And they like play games with each other for a while. Because it's fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, then he does get caught. Spoiler alert. And yes. then it ends up not mattering. Happy ending. Yay. 30 seconds. Done. <laughs> Done. Good job. <laughs> Uh, so yes, starring Heath Ledger as the lead, William Thatcher, he's coming off of doing 10 Things I Hate About You, and The Patriot might have came out before this. Yeah, we're same year, but like, you know, around around then. Yeah. Um, and his character's an orphan, right, we would say? Yeah, well, he has a father, he just like kind of was, so his father was like a poor, like, you know, commoner thatcher he made he did, did roofs in london right and uh and then he sends his son to be like this uh, apprentice or a squire to a knight thinking that that might help him get a better life right and so now it's like 12 years later he's never been home but he's like now been studying with this knight forever and the knight dies and so they're like what are we gonna do like this is how we make money and like, he's like yeah, well, how we yeah just yeah. put me in the armor i'll do it yeah um so the cast Keith Ledger's William Thatcher, our lead. Mark Addy as Roland, who's the squire to Keith Ledger's character. Yep. Also, King Robert Baratheon yeah. in Game of Thrones. One of the best like single season roles, except for except for Ned Stark. But, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. The two oh, of them. Like, fantastic. Man, single season knockouts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he Alan also Tudyk? had that. He, well, Mark Sorry, Addy also was in that. Uh, the sequel to the Flintstones movie, <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas, when they like John, John oh Goodman was God. John Goodman was was uh, Fred Flintstone, and then Mark Addy was Fred oh Flintstone. Oh my in the God, second one. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Why was he not in the second one? Do we know? John, why was John Goodman? Different... I think they replaced yeah. everybody. I don't know. None of them wanted to be in it again. Oh, I don't remember the sequel that well. I also don't remember the first one that well. I definitely watched them when I was younger, but I don't remember much. Um. I remember the first one. The first one I liked when I was a kid. I remember that one a lot with John Goodman. Yeah. And then like Rosie O'Donnell, Rick Moranis. There's a lot of people in it. Yeah. Halle Berry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one, you know, yeah. meh. <laughs> it wasn't that great. The, the, but, va- it had, the Vegas theme. But it had Mark Addy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, Alan Tudyk, the other squire. Um yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's in Dodgeball. Yeah, he's Steve the Pirate. You haven't seen Dodgeball. But yeah. No. He's Steve the Pirate. Um, he was in Firefly. I think his probably the thing he's most known for is Firefly. But that's also I like also a little bit a little seen. bit niche. It's like kind of a nerdy like cult show. But he was like one of the stars in that show and like a much beloved character. And yeah. um, and then he also did the voice of the droid in Rogue One, and uh, like the main droid. Like the really tall droid. Yeah, the one that it's like oh. he's like. Him and Jin kind of like become a, become friends. Yeah, like, yeah. Movie. Yeah, that's Alan Tudyk, and he also does a bunch of Pixar voices, but like very minor Pixar voices. Like he was the the chicken in Moana. He's like a background chicken in Moana. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he actually, I think he actually won a uh, not not an Oscar, but some kind of award for voice acting based on some oh, of his Pixar him. stuff. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Way to go, yeah. Alan Tudyk. Um, and of course we have Paul Benny. 
Yep, Vision himself. Our Vision, yes. <laughs> Who I think um, was really great in this uh, in this movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. He he plays one of the only actual like historical characters that actually existed, Jeffrey Chaucer. Right, because correct me if I'm wrong, but a Night's Tale is like a from the Canterbury Tales. Sort of, it's like a, in... a reference. Really, it's not. Yeah. it's not based on any of the stories from Canterbury okay. Tales, but there is one called A Knight's Tale. Got it. Or The Knight's Tale. But it, they're, the stories are not the same at all. Got it. So okay. it's really just like a loose reference, and then he happens to be in it. So like, I think the idea is that... Um, I was reading about it. I didn't know this all ahead of time. But um, there's like a period of, of Chaucer's actual life where they don't know what he was up to. Like He was like a, a civil servant, so they kind of mm-hmm. know what his deal was throughout his whole life, even though it was in the 1300s, which is pretty crazy. But there was like a yeah. a period of his life where he was like traveling around and no one really knows what he was up to. And so this is like the the story of what Chaucer might have been up to while he was coming up with his ideas for the Canterbury Tales. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's neat. Um, another reference to another actor from a movie we've already done on this podcast, uh, Rufus Sewell as Count Adamare. Is that how I say his Adamar. name? Adamar. Adamar, that's right. Um, he's the Kate Winslet's like ex boyfriend ish in the holiday. Yeah, and um, he just plays an asshole very well. Very, he just has like a punchable <laughs> face. Yeah, he was also in uh, the Man in the High Castle, which we talked about this when we did the holiday episode. But that's the show that yes. was on Amazon Prime, and he played a Nazi. And yes. uh, and he was very very good in that. The show ended up not being that great in my opinion, but he was amazing in it. Yeah, there are just some actors that play the the bad guy so well, and yeah, he's one of them. Then we also have uh, Shannon Sossavan as Jocelyn, the love interest in A Night's Tale, but she was also in The Holiday. Yeah, she's Jack Black's Jack Black's shitty ex. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I was trying to see if there was any like um, producers on A Night's Tale that also worked on The Holiday that like brought some of these people back. Yeah, I don't know. But and this and this was her this was her first movie. Like first role period. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Um and she was also in I want to say 40 Days and 40 Nights and something else. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang maybe. She's in a few things, oh, but like okay. she was never really like a huge star. But yeah. um I think she was more she was a model that like tried to become an actress. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know. She was decent. She wasn't like horrible. I thought she was fine in this for yeah. the role she was playing. Yeah. It was fine. And then Laura Frazier as Kate the Blacksmith. And you just whip this out that she's Lydia in Breaking Bad. I never would have yeah, made that right? connection. <laughs> right? And that's never. She's very did you young. look that did you look at her filmography and saw that or did you remember? I like, I, oh, that's... I don't think I would have known by seeing her face, but that's a fact that I had known previously. Like I don't remember when I learned it, but like I think maybe when I was watching Breaking Bad, I was like I was like going through a Breaking Bad cast. And I was like, oh okay. yeah. So I did That's know so that funny. one. Um, but yeah, the cast is pretty pretty packed in this movie. Even the girl who yeah. played, I don't have her name off the top of my head, but like her handmaiden was um, mm-hmm. in, later on, was in The Artist in 2011. That, and, uh, and she was nominated for Best Supporting. Wait, was she like the, the main, the female yeah. lead? Berenice something, I think her name is Berenice something. Oh. I don't remember her last name. Yeah, but she was nominated for Best Supporting for The Artist in, in 2011. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's funny to see this cast and then 
and then think about what they went on to do after the right. movie. Especially, well, yeah, her. We didn't even write her down on the on the. No offense, but we didn't even we didn't even write her down on her outline. <laughs> but yeah, like she had like a nothing role in this movie. Like she had a couple lines, and then she yeah. goes on to be uh, Oscar nominated. There you go. Yeah, the artist won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, one of the things that I was reminded of when, because it had been a while since I I watched A Knight's Tale um, before we uh, decided to do it for this episode, is the um, the modern music that's used in it. Yeah, one of my favorite um, I forgot how movie. great. Yeah, I forgot how, how awesome the soundtrack is for this movie. Um, and something else, you know, I guess the thing that was happening around that time period, because like Moulin Rouge did the same thing that Mm -hmm. anachronistic style of filmmaking where they take, you know, input music or references to the film that hadn't happened yet in the timeline that the movie's being made in. Yeah, there's Um, a few, like not just the music. One one that I did read when I was doing some research is that there's like an overhead shot of London when they finally do mm. go back to London and you, there's like a medieval version of the London eye, like made out of wood, which obviously did <laughs> yeah. not exist back then. But like, that's, right. that's, yeah, that's a perfect example of them like blending like current day and past. Yeah. It's um, but the music, the music they knocked out of the park. And like, there was one in particular that I thought was amazing was when they did uh, Bowie golden years, which oh, yeah. they actually, you can actually hear the band like kind of playing it like the medieval style before they even drop into it. And like, oh. if you listen closely, you can hear like the you can hear them going like golden years like in the background before they even oh. start playing the song. Yeah, pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, the movie kicks off right away with Queen, I believe. We will rock, we will rock we, you. Yeah, we will rock you. Yeah, which the movie poster for this movie it's kind of corny um, is like a close up of Heath Ledger's face and with the tagline that just says "He will rock you." <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he did. He did. Um, yeah, I was getting... No, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, in the beginning of the movie, when before they decide, uh, Heath Ledger's character decides he's going to joust, um, he has, like, kind of his beard going and longer hair, and I was getting some Chris Hemsworth Thor yeah, vibes yeah, I from him see a, that little a little bit. bit yeah. yeah. He had, like, I the mean, real nasty dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they had like the, the music though, just like the, the hit after hit. I mean, it was Queen, War, uh, mm-hmm. Bachman Turner Overdrive, Clapton, um, uh, what else? Uh, Bowie, we already mentioned, ACDC, yep. Thin Lizzy, Boys Are Back in Town. Like that was like, there was, there was some yeah. great, and they were all very well timed and very well chosen for the scenes. Yeah. I, I can understand like, Sometimes it, it it can take you out of the movie. I felt not so much with this one, just because of the the tone of this movie. Like it's fun, mm-hmm. but when um, the remake of Great Gatsby that came out a few years back, it did modern music for that, and it just it didn't work for me. Um, but a yeah, nice tale, that. I think a nice tale, I think does it pretty well. Yeah, I, yeah, a nice tale also was just like. It's not like a very serious movie. You know what I mean? It's not like a very serious exactly. movie. Exactly. Yeah, you're not like exactly. they're not like really trying to be like this is what happened in 13 whatever, you know what I mean? It's not a historical story. It's like a, you know, it's fiction. Yeah, and I think with a great Gat- with Great Gatsby, there had been many other adaptations of that story before. Uh, so to to ha- to take it and do a anachronistic style with it, I think 
Right. And Gatsby, I mean, Gatsby obviously is fiction too, but like, yeah, I think it's, but in a way, Gatsby is like a little bit of a period piece. Like, I don't want period pieces, like, not really the right. No, I mean, it was written in the time that. Right. uh, Fitzgerald wrote it in 1920. Right. Exactly. Set in the 20s. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, the uh, I'm just thinking about some of my favorite scenes from this movie. You have one written down in our notes about um, I mean this is jumping later to in the movie, but when he does reunite with his dad. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, what a scene. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Gets me. It get, gets me teary eyed. Um, one thing I noticed when rewatching it this time is that they really don't even build up the 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 dad relationship that much like because it's all in flashbacks so like for the first like 25 minutes of the movie you don't even know that he anything about him being an or like not an orphan but like him being away from his father and then like halfway through the movie they do the first flashback where it's like oh he got dropped off and like sent with the night and then um and and you're like oh okay like he misses his dad (laughs) like yeah or like and then they oh they have one other scene where it's like how long since you've been back in london blah 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 and like but like it, none of it happened. You didn't know about any of that until like halfway through the movie. And then like 20 minutes later, he reunites with his dad. So it was like a really like mini subplot. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? But, but it had oh, like such sure. an emotional impact. Yeah. And I think that's the credit to the acting in the scene too. Yeah. Um, and the way it was uh, played out and shot and his dad's blind. You find out his dad's blind or has gone blind since. Or since, has yeah. gone. That's what I mean. Has gone yeah. blind. Um, so that, that amps up the emotional factor for sure. Um, another another modern thing that they stuck in the movie was the Nike swoosh, yeah. <laughs> the armor. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that that was a nice touch, and and that was like uh, I liked her character. Like when they like they 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 convince her to help because. They're like, uh, they go over to her because she's the woman blacksmith and like nobody wants to give him armor because he can't afford it, basically. And they're like, oh yeah, go, why don't you go talk to the woman blacksmith, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, right. I'm not going to give you free armor either. And they're like, well, yeah, they said a woman couldn't do it. <laughs> and she's like, well, then fine, I'll do it for free. <laughs> like, it was, right, I, don't know, I just right. thought it was like very cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, a, a funny little fact is, I guess the founder of Nike's last name is Knight. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, so it's a little like, little fun fact tie in to the movie. Um, oh, my cat just hopped up in the window. Yeah, I was about to hey, say. I hope, I hope you have a screen. I could see her in the background. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um. What um, what other things do we love about this movie? Um, I loved uh the like the dynamic between Alan Tudyk character and paul bettany's character because like right away mm-hmm. paul bettany shows up and they he's chaucer chaucer shows up and they like make him out to be this degenerate gambler who he has when they meet him he's literally lost the clothes off his back gets yes. a nice bettany butt action yep he and some vision um, booty. yeah and uh and so uh alan tudyk's character just immediately doesn't trust him and doesn't want to take him in and throughout the rest of the movie he's like always like just not trust does doesn't trust them and he's like if you screw us like i will absolutely destroy you and the two of them <laughs> just fighting all the time is uh like one of the funnier aspects of the movie 
Yeah. Um, and Paul great. Bettany in general, like his whole character with the introductions and like the, he does these like crazy over the top introductions, which none of the other knights yes. are getting. And then by the end of the movie, you can see like all the other like heralds or like or bards <laughs> or whatever they call them are like trying to imitate him. And like all the, <laughs> even the bad guy has his like little assistant and uh, he tries to do one at the end. Like son of blah blah blah, son of blah blah blah, and uh, yeah. and like the crowd just doesn't react at all, and you're like, yeah, you're not, like you suck, dude. <laughs> yeah, like nah, but like this ain't it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was um, it was a fun one. It had been so many years since I've watched it, um, but it was, it it's just a fun, it's just a fun movie. It's yeah. just a feel good watch. Like, not you don't have to think too hard about it. It's it's just good. Yeah, I love the the scene when uh, when they're trying to teach him how to dance is funny, and yes. uh, and then when they're writing the love letter, or like because he he's just like so stupid with words, like he can't come up with anything to say, and they all have to like collaborate and work together to come up with the love letter to send to what's her name Jocelyn, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's just like a lot of funny little scenes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, another Game of Thrones guy shows up. He, um, Mace Tyrell, is the the fat priest that tells them to shut up in the beginning. Oh, oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. It's funny because um, when I was watching at the very first scene, they go and like he's they sign him up for the tournament the first time, and I was like, oh, Mace Tyrell from Game of Thrones, and I looked it up and it wasn't him, and I was like, oh, okay, well I guess I was wrong, and then like two seconds later. The priest shows up, and I was like, Mace Tyrell. And then I was right. <laughs> that, what? Yeah. So the other guy just looked like Mace Tyrell? Yeah, they were kind of like similar looking, yeah. What? That's so weird. Um, I read that the the jousts, is that, is that what you call them? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they were specially made, so on impact, they would really explode. But they were also filled with uncooked linguine. Yeah, it like made the splinters look more realistic. Yeah, I read that yeah. too. <laughs> hey, makes I whatever, love, whatever makes it work. Right? I love those little like effect hacks that happen in movies a lot. They're like, what can we do that's like like low budget, low effort for this scene? And it's like just some uncooked spaghetti. Yeah, like and they said that – I did read that they had tried to like film with – the actual actors like doing it with like with like tricky angles or like CGI to mm. like make it look like they were jousting and they like realized that the logistics of it were just too crazy. So they got yeah. like actual stuntmen jousters to do it. Um which made me want to go to medieval times. I haven't been to a medieval time that. Have you ever been to like a Ren Fair? Yeah. Yeah. They had one yeah. like not too far from where I grew up that was like every summer they would have it. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever been to like a medieval times? I don't know if they. I've I never been chain. to a medieval. No, I know what it is. I've never been to one. Oh, so much fun, except I don't know how that can happen in a post-COVID world. Like you eat with your hands; they don't give you silverware. <laughs> What's the difference between that and going to get some like buffalo wings at a bar? Eating those with your hands? Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. Yeah. You're not, like, having strangers' hands on your food. I just wish they would do, like, an adult night because, like, I, even though I know it's, even though it's all fake, like, I would love to, like, get into it, like, really get rowdy and root for my night. But I can't because there's, yeah. like, a child's birthday party right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, they need, to, they need to do, like, 21 plus only. Yeah. Right? 
Or just yeah. rent out the place. Like, what's capacity? 200? Have a company outing. <laughs> I don't want to go with my whole company to that. I just want to yeah, go with my friends. True. My whole company would be me and my boss. So that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> just the two of you in an empty medieval time. <laughs> that sounds super awkward. Yeah, right? I'd be like, you sit over there. I don't want to see you. Yeah. Also, give me a raise. Thanks. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> um, the after credit scene. We need to talk about the after credit scene. Yeah, like real game breaker. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of changes your whole um, perspective on the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like a plot changing, like life changing almost scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So I didn't realize there was an after credit scene. And then you texted me. I was like, by the way, there's an after credit scene, lol. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch it. And you guys, if you didn't know this, it's literally almost the entire like main cast. Heath Ledger's not in the scene. No, it's like the three. It's it's uh, the blacksmith, the um, Paul Bettany, Mark Addy, oh. and... Um, and Alan Tudyk, and and I'll I'll say her name, Kate Frazier. I'm not going to call her the blacksmith, <laughs> and then name everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, they are having a good old fashioned farting contest. Yeah, that, that's all it is. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole thing. Life changing. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I read that it was I, actually like a an like an ad libs like thing that they had just caught on film. They were so obviously it's not real farts. They replaced them with like CGI farts or whatever you want to call them, like sound effects. CGI farts. <laughs> sound effects. Computer generated farts. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but like it was like ad libbed by them in the moment, like just kind of like a side thing, and then they like threw it in as an after credit scene. I wish I knew the story behind that. Like why? Just why? Just screwing around. And also, was it? release in theaters after the credits i would like to know that as well i would think yes i don't know why why not yeah why not i don't know if they were like let's save this for the dvd oh like this is good we're gonna save this for the dvd after credits i wonder if there's a commentary i think there is like out there like i think yeah i think i read on the wiki um yeah in the dvd commentary um yeah Oh, well, there you go. It's a, yeah, it, in the commentary, it says, like, it was intended to have occurred sometime during a six-month period in which Chaucer was missing. There you go. There you go. Hmm. Uh, another yeah, interesting he, thing he, I, did, I read, not on Wikipedia, is that um, I guess the director and Paul Bettany are friends, and he actually wrote that role of Chaucer for Paul Bettany. He was like, I want really? you. This is going to be your role. Yeah. Aw. I don't think before this movie, Paul Bettany had done too too much yeah i don't know um i know i think i did read that he was like more of a serious thought of as like a serious more like shakespearean actor almost and Mm. uh and then this was like his first uh go at a uh at a comedy type role interesting i mean i feel like a lot of um I'm just assuming since Paul Bettany is British that he was classically trained, <laughs> yeah. but I, I feel like a lot of British actors are 
kind of thought of as like, oh, you you do like the serious the serious acting, the theater acting, the dramatic. I mean, he acting. was in some serious stuff. Like later that year in two thousand one, he was in a Beautiful Mind. Beautiful Mind, and he was pretty serious in that. That is true. Although, actually, what was he? He was the friend. I don't remember exactly what he, what his role was. He wasn't. Um, Ed Harris was the real serious guy. Yes. Wait a second. No. Oh, never mind. Okay, he was in. He was in Wimbledon. He was the co-lead in the movie Wimbledon with Kirsten Dunst. Wow, that was Paul Bettany. I forgot he was in that. Sorry, guys. I'm reacting in real time <laughs> to, to to a movie that came out in 2004 that I forgot he was in. <laughs> Exciting stuff. Yeah, um, and then he got a small voiceover role as Jarvis, and look where that led him. Right? Thank God. This, have you heard the story of how he got that role as Jarvis? No. Like he had missed. He missed out on a job, and was like ready to quit acting. Oh, man, I gotta remember if I'm getting this right, but I'm pretty sure he was like ready to quit acting. Like he was done. He was so discouraged, and um, like while he was like on his way out of that interview that he lost the job he was like so upset and then got the call and was like you want to do this thing like just a voice or whatever and he's like yeah whatever and like fine this will be the last thing i ever do and then that was jarvis and like that then became vision wow wow yeah right i feel like i yeah i feel like i've heard so many stories like that of actors and actresses they're like yeah like i was literally i had like five dollars left in my bank account and i got this role that ended up you know paying for the rest of my life (laughs) um yeah yeah. also paul bettany's married to jennifer connelly so he is yeah way to go they've been married for a while they've been married for a while now two kids way to go bud for some reason, when I think of Jennifer Connelly, I, I just think of um, he's just not that into you, which she's done so many other <laughs> better things. But for some reason, I'm like, she's the sad uh, wife that gets cheated on and he's just not that into you. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know what I think of. Probably. I mean, I mean obviously. Go ahead. I was going to say, like. A Beautiful Mind as well. Yeah, A Beautiful um, Mind. Labyrinth. Yeah, Labyrinth is one for me. Um, there's something else that I'm thinking that I'm not thinking of right now. Um, oh, Requiem for a Dream she's in. Is she? Mm-hmm. Um, she is the, the one that's on pills, I think. Oh, okay. That sounds right now that you say that. I could be wrong. I don't remember. I'm just maybe gonna she's, be in um maybe she's the one that's on amphetamines. I don't remember. They're all they're all They're all yeah. they're all on something <laughs> in that movie. Yeah. Um she's gonna be in the new Top Gun. Oh, there you go. There you go. She was also in that movie uh Alita Battle Angel, which wasn't that good. Oh yeah. I didn't see that. I heard it wasn't that great. Yeah. It was a cool concept. I think it was like a graphic novel that people like a lot. And so they were like, let's mm-hmm. adapt it and not put any thought into it at all. Yeah. Well, weren't the visuals really good? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. The CGI and stuff. 
Um, anything else we want to say about a night's tale before we wrap? Nah, it's just one of those like nostalgic movies that I really love from my childhood and always enjoy watching it. Yeah. A lot of, and a lot of great actors in it too. Yeah. Yeah. Early in their careers went on to do great things. Yep. Um, so that wraps our night's tale episode. Um, if you liked what you heard here, rate and subscribe, leave us a review, find us on Instagram and Twitter and tweet at us. And yeah, even angry tweets. We'll accept any tweets. Any tweets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything you want, just like if you got beef, like let's let's beef. I'm down for a beef. Yeah, yeah. I have the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week. So technically, it's my pick. I summer's upon us, and I wanted to do a movie that like invokes summer memories. Um, you know, graduating you know, stuff like that, partying. Um, and I was talking it through with, with Greg and we've decided we're going to leave to go again back to 1999 because apparently that's where we live. Um, and we're going to be doing the classic American Pie. Yep. One of the best comedies. I mean, it is one of the, th- one of the best comedies I think of all time. Although... I don't know. It's hard to judge comedies. They're all just like so funny. Like there's jokes in every comedy that are some of the best jokes of all time. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I don't know if I could say which comedy is the best comedy of all time, but like everyone has oh, their I moments. I can't say that. Yeah. yeah. And American Pie came out in, in that time where you had all these, the, that flavor of teen comedies coming out. And it well, was, was um, this kind of the one that kicked it off like a little bit? Um, again, we talked about Can't Hardly Wait, and I'd have to check the stats on that, but that, that was around the same time. Um, American Pie definitely is more um, raunchier, I guess. A little yeah. more crude. A little more crude. Um, <laughs> and I, I, can't, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it again, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it, but in high school, I watched this movie a ton. So. Yeah, and I've been watching Shit's Creek, so I'm in a Eugene Levy mood. Yeah. He's just America's dad. Yeah. He's really Canada's dad, but we will claim him. <laughs> yeah, sure. We will take him as our own. It, it works. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.